0: Hallelujah, you can join us as we study the God's word through the Bible live event as we are in our Advent season and we're in the second week of Advent, uh, we're dealing with the theme of peace and and the sermon series we want to deal with again is presence over presence, presence over Presence. I want us to realize that we'd rather be in his presence more than we want presence. Uh, I know some of you is kind of hard to say amen because you already made your list of what you want. And you say, no, I'm not changing my mind. Uh, but yet, if you think about it, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. And if that is true, then you rather have his presence. Over presence. And part of in his presence means that we want to make room for him. Uh, we want to invite him. We want to welcome him in this place. And and, and it's snow time and winter time and, and oftentimes when you have snow falling and many of you might be like me, you don't want to go outside. Uh, when you see all that snow on the ground, uh, and and part of the reason why you don't like to go, cause you don't want to fall. And so therefore, if you have to go out, you have to make way. You you look for clear paths. Am I talking to somebody here? Uh, you you look where you can see ground and not snow. Uh, you want to make sure you can surely place your foot on the ground. Knowing you're about to lift up your next foot, you don't want to slip. And fall. Anybody slipped on some ice before you thought you had your foot on solid ground to find out it was nothing but slick ice and and and, and, and your foot was now up where your head used to be. Am I talking to somebody here that you start realizing that I wasn't as sure footed as I thought I was. I'm gonna be a little bit more careful the next step I, I take if I can get up off this ground. And so when we shovel, right, you shovel the driveway, you shovel sidewalks, the snow plow comes out and they clear off roads. And, and that's why you you happy when you live on a road that says snow route. Because you know that road going to be clean. You can get out to get to work. But if you're not on a snow route, you know that it's going to be some time until uh, the snow plows come down your neighborhood and, and help you out. And if you don't got a good car, you know that I'm just going to call in. I'm not going to make it. Because my car cannot make it through this treacherous snow. And so you're happy when somebody makes way. They make what's bumpy. They make it smooth. They, they pave roads. They gravel roads. So many times we understand what it means to make way so something can get in. The explorers, you know, the explorers are the come. And if you go uh, downtown by the museum, a Riverfront Museum, uh, you may see definitely come summertime, the tall prairie grass. And. And the tall prairie grass is indigenous to this area. And, and that tall grass used to cover all of this plain. And so imagine when the explorers came, that's why they had those machetes. They were cutting down pathways to get through this long grass because the grass was that tall that it was as tall as them that they couldn't see. So they had to cut down and they made pathways so that they can explore and discover. And that part of that was Marcus that we've already been here. Because they cut a pathway that's able to have. You, you've you gone to Wildlife Prairie Park or you're going to Glen Oaksville or go to the park. They make trailways. So you know which is the safe way to go. You know there's lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my, it's out there in the woods. So you want to stay on the path. Because you go out outside the path. They can't guarantee your safety. But they try to make a safe path where they say, if you stay here, it's wide open air. We can find you. <laughs> we can help you out. But you go out, you go on your own. So we understand how we want to make pathways to get into a direction. We want to understand, have you made a pathway for Jesus? Have you made room for him to come into your heart, to come into your life? And part of that way of making room, there's some things we got to remove. There's some things we have to cut. There's some things we have to get out of the way so that we won't stumble and fall, we won't injure ourselves, we won't hurt ourselves, it won't hinder us from reaching our destination. And so when we look at our text, again, Luke third chapter, verses 1 through 6, I'll be leaving reading from the New Living Translation, but I'm just going to read verses 1 through 4, and then later on as we deal with this message, we're going to look at verses 5 through 6. It says, it was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor, Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea. Herod Antipas was the ruler over Galilee. His brother Philip was a ruler or tetrarch over Arteria and Tacontus. Lyciana was a ruler over Albine Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. At this time, a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. I'm going to read that one more time. Cast this time stamp. At This time, because somebody say this time, a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. Then John went from a place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they have repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. I'm going to stop right there at verse 3. Make way for the Lord. I'm part of making a way for the Lord so you can receive a word from God. It's none of, some of us are waiting for directions in our lives. And so if you want to wait, then you need to listen for instructions. Just as children in classroom have to come in, and if they don't listen to the teacher, they won't get the instructions for the assignment. They'll come home and say, Mom, I got an assignment. Dad, I got an assignment. You say, What's the assignment? They'll say, I do not know. Were well, you paying attention in class? Yes. Right, Something doesn't line up, right? If you are paying attention, then you know what's the assignment. You didn't hear the message. You did not get the instructions. Did you bring any paper home? Yes. Thank you. Let me read I'll find out what's going on myself. How true it is that we need to be attentive to say, God, what's my assignment? What are you calling me to? Notice where John is in the wilderness. He's in the wilderness. And it says, at this time, what? A message, a word came from God. I, I like this because Luke is writing this and he's giving us an introduction that is reminiscent of Old Testament texts of the prophets. In the Old Testament texts of the prophets, they introduce you to a prophet, and they tell you who's ruling, they tell you where they are, they tell you the time and the people of promise and purpose, and they say, and a word came from God. John is the last of these Old Testament prophets that a word came from God. Hebrews 1 and 2 tells us that long ago, God spoke many times and many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. God has given us this great message for us to know him and the power of his salvation. And yet the message first was being prepared for the hearts to receive this great message through John. And who is John? It tells you that he's the son of Zechariah, who is a priest. Tells you John's living in the wilderness when he could be living in a house. So he's specifically living somewhere, living in a different way. Some suggest that how he was living out there was a way for him to show his definitive call from God because he had a special promise on his time of being born that came from the archangel Gabriel telling how he couldn't eat certain things. He had to grow his hair in a certain way. And so, therefore, he was not living like his daddy, serving God in the temple, but he was serving God in the wilderness. And so notice that him living in the wilderness God met him there. Aren't you glad God can find us where we are? Mm. So John, a relative of Jesus, the son of a priest named Zachariah, was visited by the archangel. Uh, uh, sorry, Zachariah was visited by the archangel and told that he and his barren wife were about to have a child. And notice what it says. This child be filled with the Holy Spirit, even in the womb. Luke 115 says, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, John was preaching in the wilderness with power. Do you understand that? But before we talked about in Acts, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit only came on specific people in specific times. And at this specific time, it said the Spirit came on John while he was in his mother's womb. And this message now activated. Notice that he already had the Spirit, but he wasn't activated. He wasn't told to do work. Until the spirit came at this time. Y'all catch that? I want to encourage you that, that as you're waiting for your instructions, you're waiting for God to tell you what to do and how to make way. Wait till he tells you to go. Don't try to move ahead of time and say, I think I got the idea. I think I can figure it out as I'm starting to go. Wait until you get clear instructions. Tell your neighbor, please wait. And so when you wait on the Lord, he'll give you a specific itinerary. Notice Once he got the message, it said he's preached on both sides of the Jordan. He had an itinerary. He realized that i got to make way and move around this wilderness and preaching a message. What's the message? The message is repentance. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to repent. All right, now you need to preach to yourself. Say, God wants me to repent. Amen. The great message of repentance is the heart of the gospel. John wants the people to get ready to receive the coming of the Lord. Stony hearts need to be replaced with fleshy hearts, with the word of the Lord written on them. Jeremiah 31:33 tells us, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. We need to get you ready to receive the word of the Lord. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six to 27 says, and I will give you a new heart. or somebody say a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And give you a tender, responsive heart. Anybody want a new heart? And I will put my spirit in you so you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. I, I could preach a whole nother message on this, how God needs to reprogram me. And basically, you know how you get reprogrammed, right? You gotta take out the old data, the old software and say, give me the new software. Give me the update to remove some of those bugs and the fix. Anybody ever get an update for something and it says the updates oftentimes to fix what was not working? I only have a few people with me. I told you that'd be another sermon, so I'll bring it back to you. That's coming in January. It's coming in January. My update. Y'all quiet on me. Y'all, y'all, y'all won't believe me. That's, that's coming in January. John is preaching to change hearts. John is the messenger of this great message, speaking of the message who is Jesus this great gospel message john is looking to show us the way because somebody say the way notice that he's preparing the way Uh, i want to highlight that jesus says i am the way in acts luke talks about how these were followers of the way and so what way were they following? well they were following the highway to jesus they they were realizing that you got to walk on this you got to seek him, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added on. Do you understand that when you want something, you go in the direction where it is? Uh, You know, like a moth is is, is attracted to the flame. Now, here's the thing about the moth. This is the problem with the moth. This is the problem with the moth. The moth does not know sunlight from any other light. So anytime the moth sees light, he thinks that's the direction he should be going. And so that's why he will run into a flame, run into a light and get burnt and come around. He get disoriented because he starts flying in a circle because that's because they guide their direction by the light of the moon and the sun. But any other light can distract. I want to encourage you that you need to be careful that you don't get distracted and you start following other things that look like light. Jesus is the light of the world. And so we need to be careful that we don't fall for everything that glitter, that's not gold. The, the enemy can try to give you some false stuff, but you need to wait for the true stuff. Here's the that the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but Christ says, I want you to give you life and life more abundantly and so wherefore we need to realize that god changed my heart changed me so i don't get caught up and i start running around in circles bumping my head against stuff you ever seen a moth that's flying around just keep on hitting that light bulb say one day i'm gonna get out of here no you're not you're lost but i'm so glad that we don't have a moth brain now that we got a brain that can help us repent and turn back to god and say i'm going the wrong way i want to get on the right way change my heart lord Prepare for your salvation. Here we are in verse 4 through 6. Y'all still with me? Isaiah has spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled, And the mountains and hills made level. The curves will be straightened, The rough places made smooth. And then all the people will see the salvation sent from God. Prepare for your salvation. Notice that God is coming to save us. John 3 16, we know it very well. For God so loved the He gave it that whosoever believeth or not but have But, you know, after that, it says that he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. What he's saying is that he did not come to judge the world, to punish the world, to enslave the world. But no, he came to set us free. And so when Jesus is coming back, hallelujah, he's coming to redeem us and bring us up with him. But in the first advent, he came to set the captives free. And so we need to prepare for our salvation. Prepare for him to come. And notice what it says. This quoting from Isaiah, the 40th chapter. Isaiah, the 40th chapter. This is from Isaiah, the 40th chapter. Why did I say it three times once you catch it? This is the beginning of the new book of Isaiah. And the new book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, sets you up to hear about the servant and the servant's songs. That's why you like Isaiah 53 so much. You probably don't know it's from Isaiah 53, but it says, by by his stripes I've been healed. He was wounded for my transgression. That's Isaiah 53. But Isaiah 40 sets up the movement of the Messiah, the servant coming to redeem us. So it's saying prepare the way Tell your neighbor, prepare the way. And so in order for me to prepare the way, that's how I can make peace. Because when he comes, he's going to bring peace because he's the prince of peace. And so when he comes, I'm going to help remove war and fighting and envy and all those things that's causing fights in my household. But when he shows up, when he shows up, things start to change when he shows up. he Notice how he's going to come, that it was difficult for you to make it on your own, but yet I will make the valleys rise up. You ain't got to go low. You don't got to go over the mountain. I will level the mountain. Y'all see that there? And don't get caught about some hills. I will even make the hills low. I will make what was crooked straight. Here it is. God's letting you know that I want you to find me. I want you to see me coming. And so whatever obstacles you have in your way, I will remove them. So you can receive salvation. But here's the problem that many of us have, like those who live in the city. The city decides something, right? The city may decide. I'm not talking about any other city that, that, that you know, you, we maybe sound like Peoria, but I'm not talking about Peoria. But the cities may have decisions that they want to make new roads. And you think the roads are just fine. Next thing you know, they make a new road, and now you've got to take detours to get to the places you normally get to because you, you thought this was a straight route, but now it became a crooked route. You're on your way. You're going to be on time for the first time all day. And then it says detour. You say, wait a minute. I got a straight shot. It's, the, it's right there. If I could just get right there, I'd be on time. But now I got to take 10 minutes to go through a neighborhood I don't know just to get around and get back on the street and then go through the back way to get into the front. Am I talking to somebody here? I'm not talking about PR, I'm talking about any city you might go to. There's times that happen that you get on detours. And what it is that they decided that I want to make a path that's been crooked a little bit better. And then once they fix it, you say, you know what, I like this road. It's real nice. I'm glad they fixed it. But here's the situation that how God's pointing out to you that how he fixed it, there's no wait time. He's going to do it right away so you can get there. Hallelujah. And notice that how God knows the best routes to get us to where he wants us to be. But here's the situation. We cannot be like some people do in the city that then they start protesting. They say, "Nope, we don't want that in our neighborhood. We don't want that kind of traffic. Then now it takes even longer for the correction to be done because we want to object the change that's happening. I want you to understand here that any change God has for your life, you should not be objecting. We want to hold on to stuff that's not good for us we we talk about how we love something that we don't love let me let me help explain myself uh, you you have an an affection for something but it's not love uh, it makes you feel good for a little while but you can do without it when it gets enough but yet when you want it you want it when you don't want it you ain't got no need for it that's not love love is something that is eternal and fresh and loving how god loves us even when we're not living for him. God loves us so much that he says, I see the obstacles that are before you. I will remove them so I can get to you. you understand that we have some issues in our lives that we are holding on to and wonder why we can't get out. Uh, you, you need to go ahead and bundle up. Put your mittens on, your, your hat on, your ski mask, your, coffee, your, your, your scarf, your boots, and go out and start cleaning up that, that path. And say, so I'm going to get out of my house today. And you better shovel that out. It might be some hard work, but guess it. You'll be able to walk and not fall. I want to encourage you that sometimes in our lives, it's like we got to put on that coat and stuff. We got to put on some time of fasting and prayer. Say, so Lord. I did some hard work there, but I want deliverance. I want direction. I want to be where you want me to be. And so this is what I got to do to find out where you want me to go. Let me be right here. Let me do what I can do. Wait for you to tell me what's next. Because I can clean my driveway myself, but I can't clean the streets. But I'll wait till you come down my way, because I believe you're coming down. One day, I I believe that's on your route. It may not be the time I want it. But you, one way you're going to come down here and you're going to clean. Am I talking to somebody here to understand? I can do my part and wait for the Lord to make his way. But yet yeah, I got to make way. Because here's this. If you don't clean out your driveway in my neighborhood, if you don't clean out your driveway before the snow plow come, it's going to be a lot worse. Because the snow that was on the streets now on your driveway on top of the snow you did not already clean off. And so you want to make way, so when the Lord comes, hallelujah, you ready? I can back on out now till you never get ready. God is in the saving business. Verse 6 says, and then all the people see the what? Salvation sent from God. John wants the people of Israel to be prepared. Remember, I said this is from Isaiah, the 40th chapter. In, in Isaiah, the 40th chapter, the people are in captivity in Babylon. And so this is a message of hope, to let them know that your deliverance is on the way. Help is on the way. And this is Isaiah, the 40th chapter. Many of us are familiar with Isaiah, the 40th chapter, because we like this verse. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And do you know that that's at the end of the chat? But the first is basically saying that who can you compare God to be? It's letting you know that you need to prepare yourself. He is coming. It's talking about how he is coming. And here's the situation that we need to understand, that Christ is coming back again. And we need to make room for him. If you want peace, you want Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. If you want to know healing, You want Jesus. Do you understand? He's our champion. He's our victory. He is delivering us. And not only does Isaiah 40th chapter speak of the deliverance of Babylon, but notice how there's allusions here about making crooked paths straight, about making a pathway to salvation. God did that for them in Egypt. They were in slavery and in bondage, and God gave them a path to their salvation. Remember how they had the enemy on one side. They had a body of water on the other side, and they were complaining, saying, God, we are not going to make it. Moses looked at the people, and they looked at God and said, God, <laughs> what we going to do? God told Moses, stretch your hand. Over the water. And it said a wind came. As Moses stretched his hand with the staff, a wind came and made a way out of no way. Do you understand that how God can take us and make a path for us when nobody else can? He can open doors. Nobody else can open. He can close doors that nobody can reopen back because once he closed, it's closed. I want you to understand that he can establish something for you, but yet you need to trust him and follow him. Not till they got out to the wilderness could they see the deliverance of the Lord. We need to re- remove ourselves from bondage and slavery. Let go of the stuff that is dragging you down. Remove the sin that easily entangles you and besets you and has you able to fall. That's what Hebrews 12, one of the talks, encourages us that we have such a cloud of witness around us that we should run, but we can't run. But we got too much stuff holding us down. Here it is. Make peace. Make way. You want peace? make room for Jesus and he'll show you the way he'll make a way out of no way he is able to defeat death so what can he not do if he can make the lame to walk the blind to see do you know the greatest miracle that i think about god when i think about miracles what he's done because i i I remember as a child reading my bible i want to see the water split I, I want to see all kind of stuff happen right, but yet I start thinking about he saved me. That's a miracle all by itself that he saved me. When, when my mind didn't know what to do and said, "Lord, help me, He saved me." When the lust of the world was after me, and I was after it, he saved me. I can just testify for myself, but I don't know about you, but I can think about how I, where I could have been and where I am now. is nothing but by his grace and his mercy. I could have been pulled over by a cop and got shot, reaching for my wallet, but it was his grace. Y'all quiet on me. Y'all, some y'all know what I'm talking about. There's people right now, not because I'm better than them. It's just because God's grace. Can you testify it's by his grace? He's brought me this far. And so I, I know I got peace because he keeps me. It's not because I'm good, because he's good. He knows how to move things in my life. He knows how to remove things so I can get closer to him. As I talk about this, we talk about the baby Jesus. Understand this, that many of us grieve and mourn things. But notice that God told Mary, you got to give up your son. But yet there was something greater there. Because when Mary gave up her son, she gave up the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And now we have the victory and now we know peace. And so here we find out that when we can let go of what we're holding on to this world, God will fill us up with something so much greater and something so much better. So don't get caught up in what you're going to try to look to get for under the tree. But say, Lord, I just want your presence. I want your power. I want your peace. Don't get caught up about how I can fill up my child's Christmas list if they don't know who Jesus is. Help them to find out that he can give you something that I can never provide for you, child. He'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. He'll give you love when nobody else will love you to let you know that you are loved and taken care of. He is good and he's forever able to do exceeding above, beyond the ask what you could ever think. So surrender your life to him. Do you know him? So give your life to Him. Let's turn to Him. Lord, we come. We surrender to you. We thank you for your power. We think we have the victory. We thank you, Lord, that you are risen. And Father, we...